Hi teachers, I'm Carly Walton and this is the Teach Music Online podcast, your number one resource for innovative online music teaching. In today's episode, I am so excited to share with you a fantastic interview with Melissa Willis. Melissa is a member of the Teach Music Online membership and from day one has never ceased to amaze me with her ideas, organization, and her ability to create joyful lessons for her online students. Melissa is a full-time online piano and flute teacher, and she lives in Maryland. Melissa became an online teacher before COVID-19, and in this episode, she shares how she moved across the country and kept her studio alive and thriving. Enjoy this interview with Melissa Willis. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Where and what do you teach, and do you have any specialties as a part of your studio? Um, Well, I teach in Maryland, (laughs) um, but I actually kind of teach all over the country, right? Because everyone, pretty much everyone's online. Well, everyone's online now. Um, And so I teach flute and piano, um, but actually I'm, uh, my husband and I have moved around a lot. So I'm doing primarily piano. I just have a few flute students right now. I love teaching piano. So, Um, and what was your other question? I forgot already. Do you have any Uh, specialties? Specialties, yes. Um, I love working with beginners of all ages. That's kind of my favorite thing, that elementary age. Um, and I also really enjoy students either who think that they can't learn the piano or a musical instrument, or they think they have like no talent, that sort of, um, or students who decided they don't like piano and want to quit. I've gotten some of those and I really enjoy sort of just re-infusing that joy of music for those kinds of students or problem solving to help students who think they can't learn. That is such a great skill. And it's one that a lot of teachers, I think we all want that. We want to be able to cultivate joy and a love for music and for learning. So hopefully we can dive into some of those things that you use to help students get there. I love that. What is your online teaching story? Were you teaching online before COVID-19 or was COVID-19 a little bit of a, an opportunity for you to transition to online lessons? No, I actually was all online um, before COVID-19. So just to backtrack a little bit, um, I I mentioned that we moved around a lot because my husband was a student. Um, And so we were in Iowa City, um, Iowa, for quite a while. And so we were moving to Indianapolis. And I had a few students who were just going to quit piano. um, And this was in 2010, I should say. Um, And so I had a few students who were going to quit. And one of the fathers of my student, Skype was like kind of a new thing. And he said, well, what if we just tried video lessons on Skype? There's this new thing called Skype. Um, And so rather than have students, you know, just quit piano altogether, um, I offered online lessons to these few students just as an experiment. And it actually went well. They were were intermediate students. They were older students, um, but they continued. And then they eventually graduated in Indianapolis. There were several in-person students students there. So I was travel teaching and doing that kind of thing. Um, And then in 2016, we were moving from Indianapolis to the eastern shore of Maryland. Um, And this area is much more rural, definitely not urban. So I was a little concerned. And my husband said, well, why don't you just teach everyone online? Just keep everyone. (laughs) I said, are you not going to do that? Um, and you know, so my initial reaction was like, no, I can't do that. But then he sort of planted the seed and I kept thinking about it. Um, and my biggest concern at that point was I was teaching lots of elementary students. And I, my belief system at that point was that, you know, it wasn't possible to teach elementary students online. Um, but then, um, I actually took a webinar by Melody Payne, um, that was really helpful because she said she was doing elementary students and I just decided I was going to make it work. Like I just 
you know, I would, I so I brainstormed and tried different things. Um, and so I took about 75% of my Indianapolis studio with me here to Maryland. And so it's been three years now. Um, that's so great. <laughs> I, I think it's great for other teachers to hear that it's an option beyond what's happening right now, because a lot mm -hmm. of teachers are teaching online. They, they feel like it may be temporary, but you are an example of somebody who saw this opportunity before, um, before we, before a lot of teachers had to make the transition and how, what a, what a blessing kind of in disguise oh, that you yeah. were already online. <laughs> it was. So I, I, it's funny because I only had three local in-person students and that's just been since this past year. So I did all, I mean, I was teaching 35 students online every week. That's all I was doing um, and didn't really have space to add more. Um, and so my, it was easy to transition those in-person students to online then. So now just everyone's online again. So it, it just feels pretty normal, which really is. I mean, I'm thankful for that. Yes. That's so great. What are one or two benefits that you found to online teaching versus when you were teaching full-time in person? Um, well, I get to stay at home, which I love. So I was doing a mix of in-studio and travel teaching in Indianapolis. So I was trying to transition more to in-studio, but parents really wanted, you know, a travel teacher that was important to them. So, um, so just being at home is great. Um, I guess that's an obvious one, but things that I didn't expect um, where that, I mean, what I learned was how much I was doing for students, not even realizing it, you know, like not allowing them to really think through and process and giving them time to do that. So my teaching has become much, um, I don't know, unhurried, I guess is a better word. So, um, so the biggest benefit is I think my students are now better students. <laughs> Um, they, they have to think through things in a new way. They have to do more for themselves. They've become better practicers. They've become better thinkers. Um, and you know, even if there is a struggle there's, they can kind of learn to think their way through it. And that makes the next challenge easier. Um, so when I, when I started those three in-person students, I taught them very differently. So, so that's, that's the biggest benefit. I think students are actually more engaged and more invested in their learning than they were when I was with them in person, which just really, really surprised me. <laughs> yeah. And you've got, you've had the chance to see both because you were with those same students in person, but you're, you've, you've yes. now had a few years of teaching online. And I love the, the phrase you use that it, it feels more unhurried. And I think as teachers, we often have this agenda of we have a curriculum that we want to teach and, oh, they're not to this goal yet or to this point yet by the end of the, the term, or maybe they're taking tests online or things like that. And mm -hmm. we forget that we, we really just want to give these students a love of music that they can then share with others. And if they don't love it, they won't share it. And right. that's so great. That you've been able to, to, to find that and apply all of those things online. So, yeah, it's been, yeah unexpected to find all of that. Have you, so you've transitioned these students online. I'm curious, have you heard from the students side or the parents side, any positive feedback from them? I, obviously they're sticking with you online, but what have they had to say about that transition to online yeah. lessons? So, well, if I have a couple testimonials of parents' words, if you want to hear those, or I can just try to try and summarize if you prefer that. So, so either, either way, you can okay. share one or two of them. Sure. I'll, I'll do that. Um, so I, I think I'll share this. There's one that's just really, really well written. 
Um, and so both of actually, a lot of families are really skeptical to go on to online lessons. So like this particular mother, I teach, um, I teach uh, three um, of her students. And so she, she goes to talk about how she was very skeptical and she said, we couldn't picture how it would work. Um, but we wanted to continue lessons, so we just gave it a try. And she said, we're several years into online lessons, and we are so happy with how it has worked out. Um, she says it might even be better than before. <laughs> she says, let me explain that. Um, she said, in some ways, the kids have to take a little more ownership. With her not physically there to point something out on the page or help them place their hands correctly, they have to engage with a bit more effort. They still get it, but they've done it themselves, and I think it has improved their confidence. They know they can practice on their own and figure it out. And then she said on a purely selfish, busy mother of three note, it's very convenient for me, <laughs> you know, driving to lessons, getting stuck in traffic, figuring out what to do when I have to be two places at once and so on. So, and then that's kind of the general gist of things. You know, parents are skeptical, but yet they want to give it a try. Um, and then they're kind of surprised just like I was through the process. I think that's a re reoccurring theme I hear as well is the convenience of online lessons. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to clean their house. They don't have to, <laughs> you know, prep mm -hmm. for the teacher mm -hmm. who's coming or, I mean, even make everything else stop in the house for the lesson. The, the student can wear headphones. I, there's so many benefits and the time saving the of having to wait. I know I had a lot of parents who would bring three siblings and they'd wait in the car for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And now that they're online, they don't have to do that. So exactly. I think the convenience is huge. And I love what she said about um, that they, the students are taking more ownership. That mm -hmm. is amazing. And we're yeah. so when we're with them in person, we really do do so much for them. <laughs> a lot of teachers are, one of their biggest fears or worries is teaching mm -hmm. beginners online. They're, they want to be with them and they want to show them and point things out. So I would love to hear if you have any ideas or thoughts for these teachers who are nervous about beginner students. Sure. I think um, that was that was my fear. So um, I, I will say you can't see it from this angle, but um, and people who watch my YouTube videos, this is going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that. Um, but I have a big magnetic dry erase and I magnetized everything I could. Um, and so I use a lot of in-person things online. So I try to think, I mean, the screen, I try to make somehow grab their attention and have them engage with me versus the screen, if that makes sense. So keeping them busy and keeping them active, um, asking them questions. And I, I have a visual for everything. I mean, that's really my thing. Um, and they actually get, they have lots of visuals on their end. So when I transition to online teaching, and now I do this for new students, um, I give them a little bag of what I call teacher tools. So I give them a bag of erasable highlighters. Um, they have alphabet cards, rhythm cards, staff slates, um, uh, some stickers. I'm trying to think what else I put in there. Um, different tools to, you know, when we're learning the white keys, we're learning the patterns of the, of the black keys. So all these different manipulatives that they can touch and feel um, and use on their piano, but then they can see me using them on this end. Do, um, is that something that you package and mail to them or do you order it for them? Um, well, I use, so some of the things I do mail. So like I still go to the post office and, <laughs> and mail things. So that's what I did originally. Um, and another thing I use a lot of um, is music mind games. Um, and that was something, it's a whole music literacy theory program. And it has lots of colorful visual things that just happen to translate really well online. And so I was using those prior to 
switching to online teaching. So all my students had those materials. They had something called a puppy packet, which is all these different um, tools to do tons of different games that sort of goes through lots of different, it even goes up through sort of late elementary, early intermediate levels. Um, so that was something that they had ordered and I, I would have students order that from a, <clears throat> from a company, but otherwise, yeah, I'm mailing stuff to them. And, um, yeah, so it's very, um, it, it, I try to create an in-person lesson feel. We just have that screen, but sometimes we forget it's there, which is a really good feeling. Oh, that is <laughs> so. Last week it didn't feel that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At Probably all. the first so, month. Yeah, that is, yeah. That is so cool to hear that you're, you're trying to create an in-person feel, but I also love hearing that you're making it, obviously, you're making it you. You're making it your specialties, your, the things you enjoy doing, the things that you know work. And I think that's a message teachers need to hear is whatever you find works for in-person, let's figure out how to transition that online and not try to reinvent the wheel or, I mean, there are some amazing tools that, that teachers can definitely start learning and incorporating, but they don't have to start over. And that's kind of the vibe I get sometimes in some of these online communities is they're like, teachers are having this the hardest time and I'm going just use the same expertise skills games activities off the bench activities and just find a way to put them online mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's an amazing how yeah you can do that can you share I know um you have been sharing a lot about your, your online recital process would mm -hmm. you mind sharing a couple of things that you found went really well with your online recital recently you've been sharing i know you have a ton of information but what, <laughs> i know which thing do you share maybe for like how about this how about for teachers who again have this um nervousness around doing an online recital and they need to just jump in what are a couple of tips you would give them um well for me it's always mindset rather than the actual process of doing the thing. So for me, I just had to realize it was going to be new. It was going to be imperfect. Um, but it was still going to create a, hopefully create a sense of togetherness and community with the studio. Like we were still going to get to share music. So just that mindset that it's not going to be exactly like an in-person recital. You're probably going to have some technical issues, but everyone is learning together. Um, and so like in my ver to give an example <laughs> so i was really nervous about doing a virtual recital so i've been teaching online for three years but i was still giving in-person recitals because i was going back to indianapolis because we have family there and the bulk of my studio was there so i was doing in-person recitals twice a year so this was my first virtual one um um was i gonna say i lost my train of thought um oh so but my very first I, so i was very nervous i practice i would highly recommend so i wasn't really comfortable with zoom especially with group settings because i do most of my teaching facetime and skype so i practiced with other people i got some friends together and i practiced because i i did the youtube videos um to get the best quality sound quality um and then i shared them via screen share we had a watch party so that was really a great way to do it. And so I practiced my screen sharing because I was really nervous about that. So if you feel uncomfortable, I would just try to gather some people together. Um, and one of my friends was a teacher as well. And she was going to be doing this, you know, a month later. So it was really helpful for her. So maybe that's a tip. Um, but my very first um, program that I did that day, I did two. Um, I forgot to put on my do not disturb on my computer. And I got a phone call in the middle of the Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> 
<laughs> there was this beautiful performance and I was just mortified. <laughs> um, my student was great. The families were great. And so that's what I mean is that no one is, I mean, you know, no one is there to be really critical and it's new for everyone. So, um, and the watch party was great because it was like a movie event for families. So they had it on the big, on their big screen TV. So I think that that's a great way to do it. Um, so. And this was, you had people send in recordings and then you created a watch party and you shared it via Zoom. Is that right? Exactly. I just made YouTube playlists from the videos I got. And then, yeah, we screen shared and all watched together on Zoom. And so. you did your share audio so they could hear the... Yes, I did. <laughs> I forgot to click those buttons, the first couple numbers, and we went back and redid them because they were the shorter promo pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So for teachers <laughs> listening... What we're talking about is when you share your screen in Zoom, you can actually click share computer audio. And that's really important because if you don't, then your computer is picking up audio just from the microphone and you really want to get it to share the native audio of that file or whatever you're listening to on your computer. It's actually, I just found that recently, like maybe about a year ago. And I had just been sharing, maybe it was an update they did. I'm not sure. But when I found that, I was like mind blown. <laughs> This is huge because now you can share MP3s, you can share YouTube videos. I mean, the, the, it's endless the things you could actually share when you share that, share your audio versus just sharing from your microphone. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. It was so great to hear from you and and expand our ideas around online teaching. Where can teachers find you and, and hear a little bit more about how you teach online? Sure. Um, so my website is melissawillismusic.com. So you can find me there. Um, and there you can connect to my Facebook page, my Instagram page. And also there's a uh, connect to my YouTube channel, which is really, I think, where the most interesting stuff is probably. So that's great. And is your YouTube Melissa Willis music also? It's actually just Melissa Willis. It has my it has my studio logo, but it's under it's just under Melissa Willis. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Melissa. Thanks so much. You bet. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode with Melissa. Her love for teaching and creating a joyful learning environment for her students is so inspiring. If you're listening to this and you feel like you are drowning in your studio or feeling overwhelmed with trying to keep or transition all of your students online, will you head over to teachmusic.online and check out my free resources? I have a free three-day video course that's going to help you get going and give you a lot of solutions that you need immediately. Again, that's teachmusic.online. That's it for today, teachers. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday and happy teaching.